When the witching hour draws near, she will whisper in your ear, nightmares do come true. This is a horror fiction podcast, featuring stories that will shock, disturb and dismay. You're listening to the Dark Lady Podcast. darling, it's me, the Dark Lady. Welcome to the Horror Show. Do you remember what it's like to be young and in love? All you want to do is be together, but there's always something trying to tear you apart. No, not figuratively. I'm talking about something literally ripping open your stomach and spilling your guts in front of your man. And you both were having such a good time too. It's embarrassing, but these things happen. Besides, how else are you going to know that you two are meant to be together? Is there really nothing he wouldn't do to keep you safe when you're both trapped like rats? Will he throw himself at the monster to protect you? Will he die screaming so that you can get a two-minute head start? Now that's true love. Let me tell you a story about two college students from Sunnyside, California, Kyle and Chelsea. On July 4th, 1997, these lovers took a drive up into the mountains to get a better view of the fireworks show. Everything would have been fine if they didn't ignore that no trespassing sign. This is The Bunny Man. Tonight is the third anniversary of the grisly murders of two local high school students, Matthew Patel and Jenny De La Cruz, ages 15 and 16. The victims' throats were slashed ear to ear before their bodies were thrown off a cliff on Stargaze Hill. Police say... My name is Chelsea Tran. I'm 19 years old and I go to Sunnyside University. I'm studying to become a science teacher. I work part-time at Honeybee, an ice cream parlor downtown. It's Friday night, and it's a public holiday. The shop must be swarming with customers, an all-hands-on-deck kind of situation, but I was lucky that Amy agreed to cover my shift. I had to make it up to her later. I really needed the night off. I took my red 1990 Volkswagen Beetle to the car wash, and sprayed a little of my perfume on the front passenger seat. Then I put on some red lipstick and smoothed out the wrinkles on my dress 
before driving to the university dormitory. I looked out of the window and smiled at the tall, blonde guy sitting on a stone bench. He was wearing a blue hoodie and khaki shorts. Kyle! It's me! Get in! Hi, Chelsea. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for picking me up. I hope it wasn't too much trouble. It's no trouble at all. This is Kyle Campbell, age 21. He's from Sydney, Australia. He came to the U.S. about eight months ago to study biology. We had the same chemistry class together. Kyle was a really nice guy. He was adventurous, easygoing, and had a good sense of humor. Last week, I finally found the nerve to ask him out on a date. And he said yes. Do you need some money for fuel? No, it's alright. My tank is still full. So, is this your first time celebrating the 4th of July? Yes. I can't wait to see the fireworks. Are we going to the pier? Maybe we can get some ice cream. Uh... I was thinking we should go to Stargaze Hill. Where's Stargaze Hill? You've never been? I don't think so. Oh, it's a mountain area in the north side of the city. There's a lot of hiking trails and campsites. We can get a better view of the fireworks up there. We slowly ascended the mountain on my beetle. It was a long, winding path to the top. All the campsites were packed with RVs and pickup trucks. Everyone was dressed in shorts and sundresses. People were crowded around barbecue pits and picnic tables. Teenagers were sneaking off on their own. Parents were too busy smoking and drinking to notice that their children were playing way too close to the road. I can't see any parking. Me either. Watch out for that little boy. Yeah, I see him. About halfway up the mountain, I went off the main road and turned left onto a dirt path. I drove about 20 feet and stopped the car when I saw a loose, rusty chain hanging in the middle of the road. The chain was connected to a tree trunk on the left side of the path and a wooden no trespassing sign on the right. Hey, where are you going? Don't worry. I'll be right back. Beyond the chain was a narrow dirt path that cut through the dark forest. Pine, cedar, and black oak trees towered over my head. Some of these trees had been here for hundreds of years. This was the only part of Stargaze Hill that remained wild and untouched by man. I walked over to the no trespassing sign and picked at the padlock with my hairpin. A few minutes later, the lock clicked open. 
I drag the chain and padlock to the other side of the road, clearing the path. Then I went back to the car. Are you ready? Are we going in there? Yes. Here's the plan. There's a small clearing at the end of this road. It has the nicest view of the city. We'll stay there for about an hour and watch the fireworks. But that sign says no trespassing. And the road looks very narrow. Cherry can make it through just fine. Cherry? Yeah. Cherry. That's what I named my car. She's small enough to get through. And before we leave, I'll put the chain back on the sign. That way, no one will ever know we were in there. Are you sure this is safe? It can get a little spooky at night, but no one will bother us. I don't know. Are you scared? Of course not. Do you trust me? Okay, I trust you. We pulled forward. The trees were so tall and so lush that hardly any sunlight was able to reach the road. It was a bumpy ride, but I knew that it would be worth it. I drove slowly and carefully across the holes and fallen tree branches on the dirt path. As I was navigating around a boulder about the size of a baby elephant, I felt Kyle jump out of his seat. What was that? What was what? I thought I saw... Sorry, never mind. Don't worry, we're almost there. It was a tight fit, but I managed to squeeze past the boulder. That's my girl, I said, patting the top of my dashboard affectionately. A few moments later, we reached a wooden bridge. To the right of the bridge was a great waterfall. We rolled up the windows and turn on the windshield wipers as cold, icy water cascaded from the mountainside and pelted the roof of my car. The bridge creaked and groaned as Cherry carried us across. I tried not to smile as Kyle put his hands on his lap and fidgeted his fingers nervously. I put my hand over his hand. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. The path curved right on a downward slope. At the end of the road was a small, grassy clearing the locals called Dead Man's Bluff. We made it just in time. The sun was setting over the city, painting the sky bright pink and red. I parked about ten feet from the edge and watched Kyle gaze out into the horizon. You can see the whole city from up here. Yeah. See those buildings down there? Where? There, on the right. The buildings that have red bricks. Oh. Is that our university? Yep. And right over there is Evershade Park. To your left is the Sunnyside Mall. And there's the pier. Look, it's starting.
beautiful. Thank you, Chelsea. Uh, yeah. Don't mention it. I smiled at him. Kyle was different from the other guys I dated. You wouldn't believe what kind of freaks are out there. But Kyle was kind and considerate. He had a good heart. Kyle started to move his hand, but hesitated. He looked away for a moment. He seemed unsure. I put my hand over his hand and brought back his gaze. Kyle, it's okay. The last of the fireworks ignited the night sky. I closed my eyes as we kissed. His lips were soft and sweet. I was in heaven. A few moments later, Kyle suddenly pulled away. What's wrong? Someone is watching us. What? I looked at the rearview mirror and saw a shadowy figure standing about 20 paces from the car. The man was a giant. He was six, maybe seven foot tall, with a stocky build. He wore a gray fursuit with two long bunny ears stitched on the sides of his hood. There was a white papier-mâché mask over his eyes. Is that... A Halloween costume? It's not Halloween. Lock the doors. The man in the rabbit costume stared at us for several minutes before disappearing into the forest. What was that all about? I don't know. I started the engine and put the car in reverse. I turned on my high beams and peered through the trees. Nothing moved in the darkness. The strange man was nowhere to be seen. Let's get out of here. We made our way up the hill. It was pitch black. I couldn't see more than six feet ahead of me, so I had to drive slowly. Kyle tapped his fingers on the armrest as he looked out of the window. He looked scared. It's probably some kid playing a prank. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah? Yeah. Teenagers do stupid things all the time. I went to high school with this one kid named Jimmy. Short guy, talked way too much. He was always playing jokes on people and getting into trouble. What kind of trouble? Like taking all the frogs from our science class and setting them free in the cafeteria, and putting Vaseline in all the horns and tubas in band class. <laughs> That's terrible. It is. Jimmy was crazy. On Halloween night, 1994, he dressed up as the Grim Reaper. And you know what he did? He went to the retirement home on 25th Street. He stood outside a dozen windows and waved his plastic scythe. He scared a bunch of senior citizens. No! Yes! Come on! It's true! <laughs> Suddenly, 
Something struck the back of my car, shattering the rear window. A gust of cold wind filled the cabin. I slammed the brakes and jerked my head around. My stomach twisted into knots when I saw a hatchet laying in the back seat. My eyes went wide when I looked up and saw the bunny man standing ten paces behind us. What the hell is wrong with you? I screamed. I fell silent when the man lifted up his arms, revealing a sharp wooden axe. The blade glinted against my rear headlights. There was no mistaking it now. He was trying to kill us. Chelsea, we have to go. I turned the key, but the engine stalled. No. Come on! What's wrong? It won't start. The bunny man advanced towards the car, with the axe raised high above his head. We were trapped like rats. There was no way out. Chelsea! I'm trying! What do you want? Leave us alone! <laughs> the bunny man smashed the rear driver's side window with one blow. He cackled maniacally as glass rained down our heads. I twisted the key in the ignition frantically. Again, and again, and again. <laughs> the engine stuttered, but would not turn over. The bunny man took his time taunting us and relishing in our screams. He circled our car slowly, like a wolf. He pushed his face against my window. His eyes and nose were hidden with a papier-mâché mask shaped like a white rabbit. His breath fogged the glass as he showed me his yellow, rotten teeth. <laughs> the bunny man pointed the axe at my head and took a few practice swings against my window. <laughs> no! Stop it! I turned the key one last time. To my surprise, the engine started. I slammed on the accelerator and sped off before the bunny man could land the blow. Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm okay. Are you? I think so. Who was that? I don't know. I don't want to know. We have to get out of here. I knew the road like the back of my hand, or at least I thought I did. My hands trembled as I gripped the steering wheel. This was no longer a quiet and tranquil place. The land had become foreign, 
and hostile. There was danger at every turn. <laughs> I jumped when I heard a cackle echoing through the trees. Did you hear that? Hear what? I heard laughing. He's here. I don't see anything. But he's here. There's no way he would have caught up to us. But... Watch the road. We're going to be okay. Just watch the road. Kyle, I am so sorry. We should have gone to the pier like you wanted. It's not your fault. You didn't. I didn't even see it coming. There was a spike trap in the middle of the road. All four of my tires blew at once. I lost control of the car and crashed into a pine tree. All of the airbags deployed, but it wasn't enough to soften the blow. My head knocked against the steering wheel, and I blacked out. When I woke up, I was laying on the ground outside of my car. My car horn was still ringing in my ears. The trees danced back and forth. They stretched around me like a cage. I tried to sit up, but I couldn't move my body. There was a deep cut across the bridge of my nose. I coughed when my own blood trickled down the back of my throat. Kyle? Kyle? He didn't answer me. Was he okay? Was he dead? I heard footsteps coming from the other side of the car. Kyle? The bunny man stood over me, with an axe in his hand. His body had an awful, putrid stench. He smelled like mold, dirt, and urine. His dark, hollow eyes pierced through the white rabbit mask. He looked more like a wolf than a man. Then he showed me his teeth, his yellow, rotten teeth. He grinned from ear to ear. His mouth was big enough to eat me whole. <sighs> the next thing I knew, the bunny man had me by the hair and started pulling me across the road. I screamed and kicked as he dragged me towards the trees. It all happened so fast. Someone came sprinting across the road and charged at the bunny man, knocking him to the ground. I sat up and saw Kyle on top of the man, punching him and frantically trying to wrestle the axe out of his hands. Chelsea, run! As Kyle was distracted, the bunny man let go of the axe. Then he pulled a butcher's knife hidden under his sleeve 
and stabbed Kyle in his right shoulder. Ah! Ah! Kyle! No! Kyle fell to the ground. The bunny man watched Kyle scream and writhe for a few moments before picking up the axe. He did a few practice swings as Kyle tried to crawl away. The bunny man raised the axe over Kyle's head. Before he could bring it down, I jumped on his back and was on him like a cat. I scratched at the bunny man's face and tried to rip off his hood. It felt like his body was made out of stone. His arms were as thick as trees. We struggled for a few moments before he threw me down like a rag doll. <coughs> the bunny man grabbed me by the hair and forced me to look up and expose my neck. My eyes went wide as he bared his teeth and pushed the axe under my chin. The blade was sharp and cold. His arm tensed as he prepared to slice my throat open. I heard a sharp whack. The bunny man suddenly dropped the axe and fell to the ground, unconscious. I turned around and saw Kyle standing there with a large rock in his hand. He dropped the rock and fell to his knees, coughing. <coughs> oh my god. Kyle. I'm alright. I'm okay. I crawled over to him and put my hands on his face. He looked pale. The knife was still sticking out of his shoulder. He was losing a lot of blood. Wait here. Mm, where are you going? I glanced over at the bunny man. He was still slumped over on the ground. He looked like roadkill. I picked up a tree branch on the side of the road and walked over to him slowly. I looked over my shoulder and saw Kyle shaking his head. No. Kyle's eyes went wide when I poked the bunny man with the tree branch. The bunny man didn't move. I poked him again, harder this time. Still nothing. I swiftly kicked the man on the leg and jumped back, ready to smack him in the face with the stick. But the bunny man remained unconscious. I ran back to the car and nearly fainted when I saw the wreck. The hood was completely flattened against the tree. It was a miracle that Kyle and I survived the crash. I moved quickly. I went to the front passenger side and opened the glove compartment. I rummaged through a cluster of registration papers, pamphlets, and receipts. Eventually, I found a small bottle of pepper spray and stuffed it in the pocket of my red cardigan sweater. I went to the back and popped the trunk. I grabbed a first aid kit and a flashlight. Then I ran back to Kyle. Three, two, one. Ah! 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 Damn it!
I pulled out the knife and waited for Kyle to stop screaming. Then I poured some peroxide on his shoulder and dressed the wound with some bandages. That's the best I can do. Here, let me help you up. Put your arm over me. Can you walk? I think so. We're not far from the main road. It will take us about 15 or 20 minutes to get there. We just have to keep following the path. Hey, what's wrong, Kyle? Why did you stop? Where did he go? I turned around and saw that the bunny man was no longer laying on the side of the road. He was gone, and so was his axe. Chelsea. Chelsea! Chelsea! What? What? We're going to get out of this. We just have to keep going. You're right. Let's go. We followed the path with nothing but a small flashlight to guide us. My eyes shifted left and right, forwards and backwards. I had a feeling that the bunny man wasn't finished with us. He wouldn't let us go so easily. It was only a matter of time before he showed himself again. The night was endless. The trees seemed to go on forever. The shadows consumed us, blinding us distorting our senses. We were in the belly of the beast. What is that? It's the waterfall. Come on. I see the bridge. Oh my god, Kyle! We were halfway across the bridge when Kyle collapsed. Chelsea? Yeah? What is it? I'm only slowing you down. You have to go on without me. No! I'm not leaving you. Kyle, please, get up. We're so close. Oh, God. I felt a chill creep up my spine. There was someone behind us. I turned around and shined my flashlight towards the end of the bridge. The bunny man stood there like a statue with an axe in his hand. <laughs> He charged at us, swinging his axe left and right, wildly. Kyle, run! Oh! Oh! Ah! Kyle! 
I used all of my strength to get Kyle back on his feet. We started to run, but it was too late. The bunny man slammed into us like a truck, knocking us to the ground. The bunny man did not hesitate this time. He grinned and licked his lips as I lay helpless at his feet. He raised the axe to the sky and swung it down on my head. (laughs) I rolled over just in time, dodging the blow. The axe struck the deck just inches from my head. It cut deep into the wooden board. The bunny man growled and said something unintelligible as he struggled to pull the axe out of the bridge. Kyle was face down on the ground. He was out cold. Before I had a chance to get up and go to him, the bunny man ripped the axe out of the wood and advanced towards me. I crawled backwards until I felt the wooden railing press against my back. The bunny man lifted the axe over his shoulder as he towered over me. Why are you doing this to us? (sighs) Kyle woke up when he heard my screams. He forced himself to get up and ran towards the bunny man, knocking him over the railing. The bunny man fell into the water head first. There was a big splash. I grabbed the flashlight and shined it down the edge. He was nowhere to be found. Where is he? Where is he? (sighs) Kyle? (coughs) Did I get him? Yeah. You did. You got him good. Hey, no, no, no. You can't fall asleep. Come on. Get up. That's it. There you go. We're almost there. We walked off the bridge and continued down the road. A sharp gust of wind cut through the forest. The treetops swayed back and forth violently, their twigs snapping like bone. I recognized the large boulder laying in the middle of the road. As we passed the boulder, I saw a flicker of light in the distance. It passed through the darkness like a shooting star. It was a car. The main road was about forty feet away. Kyle, look! It's the main road! Can you see it? (laughs) Kyle was barely conscious. His hoodie and bandages were completely soaked in blood. If he didn't see a doctor soon, he would die. Come on, Kyle. We have to go. Keep moving. We dragged our feet across the dirt path. Kyle was fading fast. The closer we came to leaving the forest, the heavier he leaned on my shoulder. 
The weight on my shoulders was unbearable, but I wouldn't leave him, not even for a second. Hey! Stop! Help us! I screamed at the top of my lungs and waved my flashlight in the air, trying to flag down a car. They all passed by without slowing down. They couldn't see or hear us because we were still too deep in the woods. We needed to get closer to the main road. You're doing great, Kyle. We're almost home free. Do you see the cars? Look at the cars, Kyle. Don't fall asleep. Just look at the cars. <coughs> this is probably the worst date you've ever had. I wouldn't blame you if you never wanted to see me again. But I'll get you out of this, Kyle. I promise. Just don't give up. I almost fell to my knees and cried when I saw the no trespassing sign up ahead. We only had to walk twenty more paces and then we would be out of this godforsaken forest. The nightmare was nearly over. I took a deep breath and adjusted Kyle's arm over my shoulder. I took a moment to whisper a few more encouraging things in Kyle's ear. It's okay. We're almost there. We're almost... I heard a twig snap on the ground to my right. Before I could react, I was hanging five feet in the air, choking to death. The bunny man had me by the throat. I looked down and saw a white rabbit mask. Behind the mask were the eyes of death, black, cold, and unfeeling. The bunny man bared his yellow, rotten teeth as he tightened his grip around my neck. He snickered as I kicked my feet and dug my nails into his arm. <laughs> I couldn't hurt him. I felt myself grow weaker and weaker by the second. My eyes rolled to the back of my head. The world was spinning. I was starting to fade away. My arms went limp and fell to my sides. Just as I was about to go unconscious, my right hand grazed my pocket and I remembered what was in there. As the bunny man laughed, I reached into my pocket and pulled out a bottle of mace. I aimed it at his face and squeezed the red button, sending a stream of pepper spray down his throat. The bunny man's eyes widened in surprise. He uttered a gurgled cry and let go of my neck. I fell to the ground and crawled backwards, gasping for air. The bunny man clawed at his throat and ran back into the forest, howling in pain. When I caught my breath, I got up and ran to Kyle. He was face down on the ground. Kyle, wake up. He wasn't moving. I rolled him on his back 
and pressed my ear against his chest. I listened carefully. His heart was still beating. He was still alive. I slapped him across the face and shook him. Kyle, please, get up. It was no use. He wouldn't wake up. I had to carry him the rest of the way. I grabbed him by the ankles and started tugging his body along the dirt path. Come on, Kyle. Come on. My lungs felt like they were about to burst. My legs were slow and heavy. Every step I took was agony. I looked over my shoulder and saw another car drive through the main road. Wait! Help us! I willed myself to keep going. Inch by inch, I dragged Kyle down the road. Fifteen more paces. Please, Kyle! Ten more paces. Five more paces. We were a few feet away from the no trespassing sign when I heard an ear-piercing howl cut through the forest. The sound was so terrible that it sent me reeling. I lost my balance and fell on my back. When I got back on my feet, I saw a tall shadow in the middle of the road about 20 paces from us. The bunny man had returned with a vengeance. He sprinted down the road towards us with an axe. <laughs> I put my hands under Kyle's arms and started dragging him backwards. Kyle, wake up! He's coming! I used what was left of my strength to drag Kyle a few more feet, but it was hopeless. Within seconds, the bunny man had already caught up to us. <laughs> He stood over us, laughing like a hyena. Thick saliva trickled from his rancid mouth as he cackled and brandished his axe. When he raised the axe over his head, I knew that it was all over. I held Kyle tightly, closed my eyes, and screamed. I waited a few moments, but nothing happened. I opened my eyes and saw the bunny man standing there, calmly. He dropped his axe and walked to the tree with a metal chain wrapped around its trunk. I stared at the bunny man, dumbfounded. He picked up the chain and dragged it to the other side of the road. Then he wrapped the chain 
around the no trespassing sign and locked it in place the chain dangled only inches from our feet <gasps> i jumped when the bunny man stopped to bend down and pick up his axe he locked eyes with me one last time before disappearing into the forest Kyle and Chelsea managed to crawl out of those woods by the skin on their teeth. They made it to the main road and flagged down an RV. And inside that RV was a very nice couple from Arizona. Mr. and Mrs. Taylor were more than happy to drive those crazy kids to the closest hospital. The moral of the story is, if you want to have a romantic evening in a creepy forest with your lover, don't. Well, that's all for tonight, darling. Until next time, this was the Dark Lady Podcast. <laughs>